Well, our, our last guest was the Deputy Mayor, Chris van der Clay, and our next guest is Romola Hollywood. Romola has lived in Ward 2 in Wentworth Falls for 35 years. Um, she represents the ALP, and she's been a councillor there from 2012 and has been the alter alternate Deputy Mayor, which we'll ask you about in a minute, since 2016. Um, She's Vice President of the New South Wales Public Libraries Association, where she played a key role in the successful campaign to increase state funding to council libraries by $60 million. And Romola is also one of the local government New South Wales representatives on National Parks and Wildlife Advisory Council, trade unionist and a proud member of the Australian Services Union. She was part of the Social and Community Services Committee from 2015 to 19 and was active in a very important case, the landmark equal pay campaign a decade ago. Uh, so, Romo, uh, welcome to Rights, Rorts and Rants. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Lovely to have you, to be here. Thank Good. you, Fran. Yes, yes, pleased to have you. I was in, in, intrigued that our last guest, who um, is currently the Deputy Mayor and was in the Liberal Party for a long time, has jumped ship, and he's gonna actually preference you in the upcoming elections? That's true. What, what are you doing? Who are you preferencing? I am actually uh, preferencing uh, Chris van der Clay yep. as well. Um, we have worked really... Yep. We have worked really uh, well together over the last uh, nine years. It's a very co um, collaborative working relationship and I, and I would extend that uh, collaborative working relationship also to the other sitting... Ward 2 councillor, councillor Brent Hoare, the Greens councillor. Um, I think what the community wants is to see people um, who are elected to council as community representatives um, who can work well together and um, really put the community first and put the interests of the community first. And um, for me, that is very much um, part of my approach. Um, if I'm lucky to be re-elected again, um, it's not about um, pushing a, a particular agenda, but for me, it's working with the community every day on the issues, issues that matter to them and taking those issues forward, finding a way to take them forward as well is, is one of the um, uh, things that I like to um, really, you know, get my teeth in, sink my teeth into thinking about how can we get a particular issue, whether it's just um, uh, the, the playground at Wentworth Falls Lake a little bit. Yes. Further away, That's okay. Um, whether it's the playground at Wentworth Falls Lake, whether it's um, uh, trying to advocate for um, funding for an upgrade of the Corridor of Oaks uh, down at um, uh, Falcon Bridge, it's, it's continuing to listen to what the community is saying and bring those issues forward and get them on the agenda of council. Well, I, I think a lot of people would agree with that, but... Your critics would say, and, and this applied to Chris van der Clay as well, and he's a Liberal, they're saying labor, these Labor and Liberal people working too closely together. You've, you've obviously heard that one, haven't you? Um, I actually haven't. I mean, it's not what no. community members raise with me. Um, I, there is a, a kind of a mantra that says um, get the... Um, you know, major parties out of local government. Yeah. Now, I've quite strong views about that. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> You're on right sorts and reds. I know, I know. <laughs> That's, I, mean, I may have found my home. 
We have a situation where um, quite often people are members of political parties, but they run as independents um, and don't actually declare that. Yeah. So for me, um, uh, I am a very proud member of the Labor Party. I'm also a very proud unionist. And I think that it's important for voters to know um, uh, my values as a Labor Party member and as a, a unionist. I mean, we're supporting the... I'm supporting the USU's campaign about... Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm supporting the USU's campaign, say, on um, uh, supporting local jobs within um, uh, the local government and, oh, and not outsourcing those. So be, being a member of the Labor Party and being clear about that uh, to our um, community, for me, is really important. But in terms of the... Um, the, the, the platform that we t that I take forward, uh, what you see in my flyers is is written by me. It's been developed in in consultation with the community and what the community has told me. So I spend a lot of time talking with community members, hearing what the priorities are for our community, and taking those forward. So it's 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 not a top-down agenda to say, OK, we're being told by the Labor Party that we have to do this. It is absolutely not that way. We are very much community representatives and that is what um, so, uh, we, I guess, um, strive to do is represent the community. OK, we're sure. What do you see, then, as the biggest issue in these elections, these upcoming elections? I think the biggest issue is... Um, the agenda that is being run by some um, candidates uh, pushing for overdevelopment in the Blue Mountains. Okay, how do you define overdevelopment? What I define as overdevelopment is, um, uh, and, and this is possibly a little hidden, and we get down into looking at um, what is a key role for local government, is that councillors, the people sitting around the council table, the, the people that the community elects to represent them, do make decisions on the local environment plan, which sets out the land use um, and the planning provisions and protections for the environment. Now, we have a, a local environment plan that has been finely tuned and developed in consultation with, with our community over many years. It would be very easy to change particular zonings to increase development in the mountains. To well, so, okay, just so we can visualise that, you know, at, at worst then, what, what do you fear could happen well, if, 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 say, you lose the election and um, there's a Liberal majority? That's what you're talking about, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. Um, or there are, you know, particular arrangements mm. where, um, yes, the, the Liberal has a majority the, the Liberal Party has a majority um, and can actually steer yeah. um, the council in a particular direction. So the key thing that I would say is that um, and I'll give it as an example in our local environment plan we have um, a zone called living conservation. It exists in many of the towns and villages in our um, across the Blue Mountains. And it is a key zone, it's a character zone that protects the character of our towns and villages. It's la large uh, minimum lot sizes. It um, re recognises that we have our beautiful um, gardens and the streetscape. 
but but also it recognises that these areas are um, sensitive, not only in terms of character, but in, also in terms of minimising hard surfaces so that we still keep the natural flow of water down into um, our waterways, our creeks, our hanging swamps. So... There are people who in the, la um, the last review of the local environment plan were pushing um, for this character zone to be um, abandoned and for these areas to be rezoned as a very generalised uh, residential zone. So and that would allow medium density housing. So the streets then that you like at the moment, how do you fear they would be transformed if there's change, if there's a change of council? They, they could be very easily transformed in the sense that what you see is um, urban lot consolidation. We've seen it in Sydney where you've had large, um, two or three large blocks, uh, residential blocks next to one another, bought up by a developer, um, the houses knocked down, and instead where there was once three houses, there'll be five or six or seven. And we have this push from the state government um, at the moment, trying to override our LEP and what people really need to think about is um, are you electing people that um, are going to be apologists for the agenda of the New South Wales Liberal government or are you electing people who have a platform and a record um, on voting to protect our local environment plan? I thought, uh, just to butt in here, I thought that the state government could override any LEP by... Um, uh, um, deeming something to be of state significance? I think it can. Uh, there are ways that particular um, provisions... You know, the state government does have, the, have very significant powers. That is true. But I also think that they have said that um, the LEP, it is a statutory in instrument, it is supposed to be developed in consultation with our community and it is supposed to be our, the role of our local councils to develop the, the local environment plan and also the um, local planning, um, local strategic planning statement which again sets out our vision for the Blue Mountains. And for us here in the Blue Mountains, we are a city in a World Heritage Area. We are unique and we need a local environment plan that reflects that. Yes. Um, I just, just one more question. I imagine you would get this a lot. Ratepayers are probably saying our rates are going up every year, which they are, um, and you have these big lots. Uh, a lot of people have granny flats or, you know, whatever on their lots that, that they're renting out. And the, the, the question arises, well, why not allow more subdivision in those larger lots and then you'd get a second lot of rates and the rates could go down? It sounds simple, but there are some real risks attached to that. that that's really the key issue. Uh, and what are they? Um, the, the risks are that... Um, the, the reason we have our zonings in the way that they are with the larger minimum lot sizes rather than consolidating blocks is to, uh, one, retain the character that we have, what we love in the Blue Mountains, but also if we start to create a lot of hard surfaces in the Blue Mountains, we are going to really impact adversely on the environment. 
hard surfaces channel water, they stop water flowing into the, um, into the ground uh, naturally and create all sorts of problems, you know, literally downstream for want of a better word. And so we have to, when we're reviewing the local environment plan, all of the intricacies, all of the fine, finely tuned settings that exist within that need to be worked through and considered. So it's, it's not that we don't have um, some area that's appropriate for um, uh, medium density housing. We do have that and, and a lot of that hasn't been taken up by developers. But what we don't want is um, an erosion of our character zones. Um, and at the moment, um, they're actually deferred out of our current local environment plan because we've been pushing for the state government to amend the standard instrument. This is the statewide sort of planning tool that we've all got to, um, uh, our LEPs have to follow, uh, to, to include that we want the state government to include a character zone. What's really interesting is that Victoria and Queensland have in their standard instruments a character zone. So the real question is, why doesn't New South Wales have a character zone to reflect the unique environment, um, the, the built environment that we have here in the Blue Mountains and the natural environment? As, as you say, it's World Heritage listed. Um, I don't think I'm a, a NIMBY. I call myself a, a nymphy in that I'd say not in my front yard, <laughs> and that would be where they want to flood more land for the Warragamba Dam. Yes. Yeah. Now, what's what's your position on that? And I am utterly opposed to it. Because? Because we will, we will be potentially flooding parts of the World Heritage Area. Um, and I... World Heritage is, is, is more than the natural environment. It's actually the, the, the deep cultural heritage of our First Peoples. And um, we've already lost um, some of that cultural heritage and the, the people of the Burrigan-Rang Valley um, have been, you know, very vocal about um, explaining what was lost when the Warragamba Dam um, was first built. But we know a lot more now about um, protecting the need to protect um, our Aboriginal cultural heritage and respect that. And for me, um, I think that we need to ensure that um, we protect our World Heritage Area in all its dimensions. Yeah, well, that's, that's good to hear. The Blue Mountains Unions and Community as, has as a body put in an objection to that. And we're also encouraging individuals to do so. And you've got to do it fairly soon, actually. Uh, submissions close on November the 12th, it, mm. it says here. But, I mean, the other argument, the counter, the devil's advocate questions are, and it's a fairly simple one, it, it sounds as if, you know, you just put the dam wall up and it'll stop um, the Nepean, the floods down there. That, that's, that's the argument given, isn't it? Mm, what, what's wrong, what's the flaw in that argument, do you think? Well, I'm not an engineering expert, but what people have, um, uh, what experts have identified as well is that um, there are other ways to mitigate flooding and um, also it may not actually achieve the outcome that's desired because water comes from a range of different points 
um, across the the valley and into the, um, the through the riparian zones and down into the Nepean River. But the other thing that um, has been well documented is the concern that this is actually um, has a broader agenda, which is actually opening up more land on the floodplains for development. That concerns me. I. I also am concerned with the, the, some of the outcomes of the public, um, uh, the, the parliamentary inquiry that's identifying that um, there have been changes made to, to the, what the, um, the reports in the EI that have informed the EIS. Mm. So we really, uh, I would like to see a stop to this yeah. <laughs> right oh, now, a pause, but a big pause button. Uh, uh, you go, Fran. Yeah. Oh, um, I was just going to say, well, in in. In light of that, in light of projects like raising the, the dam wall um, and the state government's sort of seemingly unlimited power and intention to to do exactly what it wants, the somewhat arcane, you know, uh, legislation or um, provisions or clauses or whatever in the council's LEP seem, it's, it's, to be honest, seems a bit absurd. Like you've got these this major you know power in the state government coming in and saying no we're going to raise the dam wall we're going to put in an airfield we're going to do this we're going to do that and then you've got these tiny little clauses no you can't have a you know a, I don't know jacuzzi in your front yard or whatever you know like it's it seems to be a bit out of whack so I guess what my question really is how much power does council have in terms of these major developments like Katoomba airfield which I believe just got knocked back but but did get to have an appeal, um, despite community consultation. You, you know, I mean, it, 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 do you see what Fran, I mean? This Fran, I, I think that's actually a really interesting example, the Katoomba Airfield. Um, council opposed it. Yes. We had an um, extensive submission that came before council. Yes. The, one of the reasons we opposed it was that, in fact, it was contrary to our local environment plan. So, in fact... That is actually a really compelling argument, particularly in terms of representing the impacts on residents of having, um, you know, helicopters and you know commercial um, air flights in that area. So, the we, we need to use a range of <laughs> tools mm. um, in our toolkit to to try to protect what we have um, and. And also to um, recognise the significance of us being a city in a World Heritage Area. So for me, it's not about walking away from the LE, from our local environment plan and saying, "Oh well, you know, the state government is going to override it." And it's more about saying, "Let's elect people that are going to be strong advocates for retaining the LEP." in its current form, potentially looking at strengthening environmental protections. And um, and let's not just kind of think that the state government has all the power. We do have power at a community level and our local council is one of the ways of giving a strong voice to our community. So who you elect is really important because there are significant decisions that are made at the local government level. Mm -hmm. And so um, if you throw that away, you know, it, you, it, 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 there are real risks. 
So for me, it's a real, um, uh, you know, we face climate change, we face all sorts of assaults and threats um, to our world heritage area, to our, our, our patch, I guess. Um, and what we need is, a, is a, a, a local council, and I feel that we've had this for the last um, uh, five years, um, you know, the last term of council and the previous term that I've um, been privileged to serve on, um, a strong voice for our community to be able to stand up and say, no, I'm sorry, the, the airport is going to have a massive impact on um, residents in the Blue Mountains, particularly in the Lower Mountains. But it's also going to have an impact on the experience that we have um, as, as bushwalkers um, in the National Park. It's going to have an impact on wildlife um, and all of the, 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 the um, aspects of the natural environment that we're but seeking to protect. I, I think we all agree with that, mm. Ron, but the problem is uh, it is being built as we speak and uh, planes will be taking off there sometime within this decade. Yeah. So I guess I'm backing up Fran's question here. What realistically... I know the council's consistently campaigned against it and is still doing so, but, I mean, what's your best hope now? Because it's being built. Is It must it must really zo zoom into uh, flight paths, isn't it? It does zoom into flight paths, and it's really um, interesting, I guess, is the word. Um, I think it's really significant that they haven't been released. No, it's yeah, funny, no, though, it's isn't shocking. It? <laughs> it's shocking. And it, it really... Um, it, it, it has to... Everybody has to question, you know, and ask why. Well, I think people are. I think yeah. people are questioning no, and I, asking why a lot. Yeah. There was a huge campaign, you know, yeah. with, with the Katoomba airfield. Um, I guess, the, 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 you know, coming back to the question is what teeth does council have given these sta state powers? And in light of that, is it... And you can, you can imagine ratepayers saying this. In light of that, why are these very sort of um, seemingly minuscule um, requirements that that the LEP is putting in, in terms of what you can do and what you can't do, what signs you can put on your building, what structures you can have, all that sort of thing. In When we have a state government that, that obviously can override, you know... Uh, yeah, well, and, and, and I guess that's what I'm coming to, is, is, is perhaps... What what the LEP is is bigger. The LEP is bigger than just uh, what signage you can put of on. Course, it's, of course, of course, it really determines um, what can be built next door to you. Yes, I know. But what I'm saying is that if the uh, I'm just asking, I yeah, guess, yeah. what kind of ha how much power does council have when it comes to this? Yes, it can refer to the LEP, but when it comes to the state government and its plans. You know, I mean. Well, I guess there's a question around: Does do we stay and advocate for for the the principles and values that we hold dear, um, or do we just say it's all too hard? Oh now? no, I'm not suggesting to say it's all too hard. I'm just wondering: Is there a kind of triage process? You know, where you where council decides what what's the most important issues and focuses on that. For instance, the dam or the the airport or you know, those sort of big issues that will really change the, the mountains really significantly. I mean, is there, does council sit, you know, sit and say, well, what are our priorities? Are our, our priorities, you know, keeping the character zone or are our priorities, you know, fighting the dam or...? Look, I think we can walk and chew gum. Mm. And I think that there are 
a range of priorities that we have. We have um, the council has a, a, a comprehensive strategic plan. Um, the local environments plan is a really important aspect of the work that the council oversees. And um, and yes, those things matter. What actually is built next to you? What kinds of um, uh, you know how the land is used and what what happens in your neighbourhood is actually really important. It matters to people, and in fact, it's that gran, gran, that granular experience of life in the Blue Mountains that is important. And um, and then when it comes to we can focus on the big picture issues and be a voice for our community on the big picture issues, and then we can also be working on. Um, what is actually happening every day in the here and now around land use, but also around uh, what facilities we provide. Um, I do a lot of work around um, the uh, plans of management for local areas. We've gone through an extensive um, plan of management um, and master planning process for Wentworth Falls Lake um, there's uh, one will be coming up um, for the five waterfall circuit at um, Lawson. We've gone through a massive ma- um, uh, master planning process for the old Lawson golf course, um, which is subject to an Indigenous land use agreement, which is also something that people don't um, know much about. But um, you know, I'll try my best to explain to people that this is an area where we um, have a legal obligation and I'm very proud of that to consult with the traditional owners on what happens on that land so um, for me on a day-to-day basis what what we do as local councillors and what local government as a whole um, delivers every day is really really important to people's lives. One of one of the most important things is uh, and I should say to listeners, this is Rights, Rorts and Rants, presented by Blue Mountains Unions and Community, and listeners will, regular listeners will know we're, we are biased, we're in favour of trade unions, which I'm glad to say that our current guest, uh, Romola Hollywood, who's standing for Labour in War Two in the elections, you describe yourself uh, as a proud trade unionist uh, uh, with the, well, with the Australian Services Union, but you've also, I see in your biography, you've pledged your support for the United Services Union campaign for secure jobs on council. Now, council is one of the biggest local employers, and we've just been hearing anecdotally um, from some of our members that it seems to be increasingly going towards casualised work. Have you you seen that? The the, the jobs that are going quite often are casual? Uh, That hasn't been raised with me. Um, We... uh, as a council, you're absolutely right. We are um, one of the largest employers in the Blue Mountains. Um, we are engaged at the moment on one of the biggest infrastructure um, building projects um, ever for the council. And so um, that might be... I mean, look, I can't speak to that well, in what, detail. What, but sure. I mean, I mean what your, uh, the deputy mayor who came in just before you was saying... that. One reason is it actually is specific projects, so people are taken on for That's a, right. for a project. But I mean, generally, as as councillors, is there anything you can do about the way people are employed? Look, it's um, we we are um, the governing body, and we um, and what we do is governed by the Local Government Act, and so we um, uh, appoint the. 
uh, CEO as the governing body, very very much like a board, but we are not um, uh, a board in the sense that we're not governed by the Corporations Act, we're governed by the Local Government Act. Um, and uh, so from there, it's, it's very much about how the um, CEO, uh, you know, organises the um, uh, staffing arrangements. Uh, but I would I would say I think with the it may be um, and I'm happy to sort of take this on on sure. on notice as well. Yeah. Um, it, it may I I hazard a guess that it is reflective of more fixed term, might be more fixed term because of this really large um, infrastructure uh, building project. Like we've got. Um, uh, if, with the city deals projects, like we've got quite a number of projects that, you know, in a way will be one-offs um, sure, in the no, sense no, that I, they've I, got a start date and a finish date. No, I absolutely understand that, Ronald. But, you know, as you all know, the union movement generally in the federal election campaign, is, mm. this, is a, this is our campaign and the flyers which will be going around to houses in the Blue Mountains are saying workers in Australia used to have the most reliable jobs in the world uh, now almost one in two jobs are uncertain. Now, mm. I, I, I probably guess that the council is actually probably one of the better employers, but it, it's a big problem, isn't it? Particularly for young people, and it, and it actually impacts on your life because then it's hard if you're casual, short-term employment to say get a loan, to get a mortgage, all these things, isn't it? Yes, I I have the lived experience of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry. Go, yes, please tell. Oh, well, you know, going back to the 90s and starting wanting to be an academic and finding that, yeah, there was basically tenure was being eroded back all the way back then. Yeah, it's been... So, um, you know, and now the university sector, I mean, it's been well covered, but but that's taken 30 years to sort of, to be um, fully exposed to how casualised, say, the tertiary sector is. So this, these are patterns and trends that are happening um, ac- across the board. And I guess by pledging um, uh, to support the USU's campaign, um, you know, that will mean that we will be doing our very best to create, I mean, secure, to, to, cre- to create secure jobs. It's also about, and I think this is really um, important to consider, it's also about not contracting out the services that we actually do deliver. Now, a cl- the, the, probably the most emblematic is, um, say, our pools and our yeah. leisure facilities, where many councils contract those out to private providers. And that would be the sort of thing that um, you know I would not support. In fact, I think it's really important that we have... Um, you know, we are able to deliver those um, services, and 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 be able people will be able to not only have that opportunity to work locally and for council, but also there are career paths that um, you know sure. emerge because you're working in a larger organisation. Yeah, yeah, well, for a lot of young people, it can be a first step. Isn't it? Yes. yes. Um, I've, I've got one final question. Have yes. you got any? Friend? <coughs> no, no. I was just actually about to ask you your final question. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think? And you're looking at your phone. No, no, no. I'm, 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 no, no, no. I'm, I'm known for, for talking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you're, you're very welcome. Um, 
And I'm glad to hear that you will raise your voice in council about secure work because I think you know we do believe genuinely it's a very important issue. The other campaign we as Blue Manners Unions are involved with, which you've probably heard about, is Airwatch, which is, is getting air detector monitors yep. from Lithgow through Katoomba uh, and Springwood and actually extended across the mountains. And in those terrible fires, they did uh, allow people to get real-time to find out how hazardous the, the smoke was. And it, around the country, it's turned out that over 400 people died through smoke inhalation. Yeah. Now, do, do you support our, our campaign to bring back the, the monitors? I do support it. And in fact, I was getting some signatures on the petition just recently. Great. So um, the petition is sitting at home, <laughs> but I do support it. I did um, uh, join actually one of the uh, meetings, the Zoom meetings just uh, recently. Oh, you did. Yeah, you were there. Yeah. And I, no, I think it's really, really important. And, um, and I think monitoring and knowing what impacts um, uh, the s- smoke from fires has, because it, in a way they're... Um, you know, we're actually measuring casualties potentially from climate change. Yes, absolutely. 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 Well, Romola, thank you very much for coming in. Uh, Our our guest in this election special has been Romola Hollywood, who is standing for Labour in Ward 2, an area she's supported now for some time. Thanks very much for coming in, Romola. Thank you, Nick, and thank you, Fran. It's been a pleasure. Yes.